Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Hey, praise God. Would you stand with us? Let's get our Bibles open. You can look on the screen if you like, but let's get to the word of the Lord today. John 14, verse 1, familiar passage of scripture. I love it. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Somebody say amen. amen. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, or many rooms, if you please. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way, and whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus made this statement that we're all familiar of, and that is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. That's my thought tonight. The way, the truth, the life. Thank the Lord tonight. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we give you praise for you being with us. I thank you for the peace that is in this house right now. I thank you, Lord, for that, that overshadowing God, that in a world of confusion, we have a refuge and we have a place of reprieve where we can come, Lord, and worship you, where we can come and call on your name. Father, And we can receive strength for the next few days ahead. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the chance to worship you in the body of Christ. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We learned how to have church during the pandemic by live stream, and I'm so thankful for that. But I want to tell you, you need to come and sit in church. You need to be around church, if for nothing else, so somebody can detest whether you're really living for God or not. Just saying. The days of long ago, back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, around 1980, 1982, 83, somewhere there before, before the 90s, cropped up. Sister Gill and I traveled in, in evangelism, and I, I, you know, 
to this day, I have often, I've been humbled and thank God for our parents that allowed two teenagers, because I was not even yet 20 when we started, two teenagers to hit the route, hit the road with a trailer, going to, of all places, we had two book revivals. We started out with two book revivals, and we went to, not Louisiana, nor here in Indiana, but West Virginia. Not just West Virginia, anywhere. I, I, I am amazed that my wife stayed married to me that first week because we, we took a 24-foot trailer down through these hairpin turns back into a place called Powton, West Virginia, where it was nothing but a holler. There was only one road in, and you had to have the same road to go out. It was back. You think that Medora's in the, in the country, that place had sunlight from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., and the rest of the time is all shadows or dark. It was, it was something else. But for us to travel, I thank the Lord that he gave me a little bit of a, a, a directional GPS kind of built in, but I learned from my dad how to get a map out and how to read a map and how to count your miles and how to, to figure out where you're going to go. So before every trip, we would get the atlas out. You're pulling a trailer. you got to be sensitive to that. And So we pull the atlas out, and we're, we're, we're looking at, I'm looking at every direction. I'm looking at what's the best route. Amen. I will tell you one of the, one of the, one of the great memories I've had with Brother Jack, amen, is to go around here. When we got here, he said, let me show you how to get here and how to go there. And never did he go the same way twice. I've said that before, but I say it again because there are, when you make a traveling trip, there are multiple ways that you can go. The question is, what is the best way? So as we begin to travel, ultimately we, we were pulling a 35-foot fifth wheel. You better have a plan if you're pulling a trailer like that. Well, today they now have something called GPS right here on this phone. GPS. And, 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 and you could talk to Siri, and you could say, Siri, let's, let, let's try this. Siri, give me directions to Paducah, Kentucky. Getting directions to Paducah, she says, and it pulls it right up. I've got my map. I've got everything here ready to go. The thing about GPS, though, is that you only need two things. You only need two things to have a GPS work for you, and that is you've got to have your current location and your destination. Current location and destination. You can option out of saying, like, you're going to go down through Louisville, you can say, don't let me go through the toll bridges. Anybody pull that trick? I don't, want, I don't, I, I, I don't know what it is now. What, $45 for a one-way trip? I don't know. But, but, okay, Siri, help me to avoid the toll roads. Siri, help me to avoid the interstates. Let me go in different directions. Woo. Praise God. That's some of that generation we're talking about. Man, what are they going to, they're going to be some shouters and singers and praise be to God for my grandkids. Hallelujah. 
The question today that our world is asking is that, does it matter how you get to God? Does it matter how you get to heaven? You take your way, I'll take mine. This old song in the 70s said, we'll follow the Jesus signs and we're all gonna wind up in glory together. Does it matter? Yes, it does matter. Yes, it really does matter. Is there really only one way to God? Yes, there is only one way to God, absolutely. As Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. When you live for God, you you and I already have a roadmap. We already have a blueprint. But there are people today that still can't find the direction to glory by even reading the Bible. The difference is, if you pursue Jesus, then you're going to have the way. If you pursue Jesus, then you will have the truth. If you pursue Jesus, you will have the life that you need. Can somebody thank the Lord today? This statement, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father by me, but by me is one of the most controversial statements of our era. Because people are saying, well, I can serve this God and be okay. I can serve that God and be okay. I can follow this God and be okay. I can believe this and be okay. But according to Scripture, Jesus didn't say he was a way. He said he was the way. He didn't say he was a truth. He said he was the truth. He didn't say that he was a life. He said he was the life. Amen. Either Jesus is who he says he is or he is the greatest fraud upon the world. But I have found him in a relationship that lets me know, Brother Chris, that he is who he says he is. He is who he says he is. I serve a God and you serve a God unlike the others. They're in a tomb, they're in a grave, or they're an idol, or there's something else. But ours is a living Lord. He is risen. To understand the context of this story and this scripture, let's set the setting. John, the beloved, the writer of this gospel, the writer of three epistles and revelation, is is the last of the books written that we have in the New Testament. Not speaking just chronologically from what you find, Revelation is the last book, but John wrote his gospel some 60 years after Pentecost. John wrote his gospel some 30 years after the last had already died and gone on. The other disciples had, and other writers had died and gone on. And some 30 years later, John is writing these gospels, epistles, and revelation. John had the last word, as it were, about who Jesus was. So in the first 12 chapters of the book of John, John covers three years of Jesus' ministry. He covers it in a way unlike any of the other Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the Synoptic Gospels. They are similar in their portrayal of Jesus and the timeline. But John gives the story of Jesus 
And first of all, who he is, because John's the one that begins with, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was. Uh, that's how John begins his, his epistle. He is talking, he, he presents Jesus in a way that is different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, and we find that in the first 12 chapters, John writes about the ministry of Jesus, the three-year ministry, and he only covers seven miracles. There's no parables. There's no stories other than the seven miracles and, and what the Lord did there. Amen. And then from chapter 13 to chapter 21, it covers one week. One week from chapter 13 to chapter 21, it covers the week of his passion. And so the week begins at Passover. Jesus and his disciples are there at Passover. This is where Jesus picks up a basin and a towel and washes their feet. This is where Jesus announces that Judas was going to betray him. And the disciples, even though he said it, didn't get it through their head really what was going on. I'll tell you why, because they were looking at themselves. Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the most wonderful? But they missed it in its depth. And so Jesus announces that Judas would betray him. Amen. He announced also his departure. Jesus said, little children, I want you to know that I won't be with you very much longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, I'm leaving you. Jesus, you pick a fine time to leave us. Amen? And so Peter responded to that, that, that statement, and he said, Lord, where are you going? Lord, where are you going? Where are you, where, what, what is happening here? And so Jesus re responded to him, and this is found in chapter 13. He said, whether I go, you cannot follow me, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Where I go, you can't follow me, but there's coming a time that you're going to follow me. And Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I not follow thee now? Boy, he was the case, wasn't he? I love Peter. He said, why can't I follow you now? I'll lay down my life for thy sake. And Jesus said, oh, really? And that's my paraphrase. He said, wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say that the cock shall not crow till thou hast to die in me three times. You want to go where I'm going to go? You're not going to even make it to a question. You're not going to even make it to somebody saying, are you a disciple? And three times you're going to deny me. Lord, where are you going? And he says, you are going to deny me three times. Three times. Amen. But you know what is interesting? The very next, next verse from that statement is John 14 and 1. He's telling him, I'm leaving. I'm going. You don't know where I'm going, and you can't go where I'm going, and then I'm coming back, and then you're going to follow me again. But this is the words he said, let not your heart be troubled. I want to tell you today, there are sometimes we don't know where Jesus is. We can't feel him. We don't know what direction he's going, but he always says, I'll be on time. I'll show up for you. Hallelujah. Can you praise the Lord for the way? 
He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself. Where I am there, you may also. And then he says, whether I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas responds with another question. Peter said, Lord, where are you going? Tom takes it a little bit further and said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And so Jesus said, I am. Somebody say, hey, I am. That is a powerful statement, two short words, I am. But what he is saying is that he is equating all the way back uh, to the book of Exodus where Moses heard the words, the Lord spoke, I am that I am. Jesus said, I'm not just like it, I am it. I'm not like a way, I am the way. I am not like a truth, I am the truth. I am not like life, I am life. Hallelujah today what he wanted his disciples to understand and what he wants you and I to understand is that we may not understand tomorrow we don't have a clue about what's going to happen but if we'll hold on to Jesus if we'll hang on to Jesus in these troubled times in these confusing times in this world where pride is now a thing to brag about oh but now we what are we going to do I'm going to find him and I'm going to stay with him he knows where he's going. I don't have a map, but he does. I don't know exactly what turn to make, but he does. He is the way. He is the way. Somebody say, he's the way. He is the way. How many of you have ever had your children or grandchildren ask you this question? Are we there yet? Can I see some hands? Hallelujah. Are we there yet? You know, and you can say all you want. Well, do you see it? You know, are we, are we there? Do you see it? Is it there? No. We still driving? Then we're not there yet. Are we walking on street of gold? Then we're not there yet. Have we a, a, a glorified body? Well, <laughs> I know that's not right. Whew, right there. <laughs> then we're not there yet. Do you have troubles and turmoil in your life? You're not there yet. It's not over. Amen. And sometimes we wonder what is going on. But he's got the will and he's the one that is directing us on the way. If I will follow Jesus and not the news, I'll find the way. If I will follow Jesus and not Hollywood, I'll find the way. If I will follow Jesus and not culture, I'll find the way. If I'll follow Jesus and not Facebook, I'll find the way. If I'll follow Jesus and not the religions of the world, I'll find the way. Because he said, I'm the way. Hallelujah. There is no further need to know. He's the way. I don't know where you're going. Lord, where are you going? Peter said, where are you going? Thomas said, you, you haven't told us. He doesn't have to. The Lord doesn't have to tell you every turn like Siri. Wouldn't that be great if that's the way the Lord did it? Okay. Three years and seven months and two days. 
you are going to do this. We don't know that, but we know the way. Can you thank the Lord for the way? Thank the Lord for the way. Hallelujah. The writer of Proverbs says, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. You sit down with a lot of people today, they'll say that they're right. They're right. Well, if they're not connected to Jesus, the end is not good. Hallelujah. The end is when you separate yourself from the word and from Jesus, then therefore you will find that the way that is right is in this head. And this head doesn't have a clue of what my future should be, of where I should go, what I should believe. The minute we separate ourselves from Jesus and his word, the minute we begin to say, I don't need it, I don't need him, it's the moment we say, oh, I know where to go. I know what we're doing. Only to wind up in a cow pasture when you think you're at the mall. There's a way. The way speaks of direction of life, a path of life. An avenue. It speaks of a lifestyle, a culture, if you please. A way speaks of concepts and beliefs and conducts that give us the manner of living, the way. It's the way of living. The world says, I know what the right way is. I know that this is the right way, but it seems right, but it is not. It is destruction and death. You and I cannot walk in our way and expect kingdom results. Let me say it again. You and I cannot walk in our way and expect kingdom results. The writers in Psalms said, Blessed is the man, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. Amen. Blessed is the man who walks in the way with the Lord. Can you give him praise? The way has two points. Current location and destination. We could say it like this, current condition and destination. Current condition may be sin. Well, destination is salvation by the saving work of Jesus Christ. He's our Savior. If you want to be saved, you've got to be saved in Him. We repent of our sins. Amen. And the Bible says to be baptized in His name. In His name. I, I, I want to do a little bit of a whoop-de-doo right now on this destination. I'm going I'm to go just a little bit on a detour from this message. John wrote this book some 60 years after Pentecost. If they were baptizing in the name of Jesus and it was wrong, he would have corrected it. But he didn't correct it. Amen. Some 60 years after Pentecost, amen, there's still the truth that Jesus is the way, the only way. Current location may be confusion. Follow Jesus and you'll find clarity. Your current location may be in ruin. Follow Jesus and you'll find restoration. It may be in addiction. Well, if you'll follow Jesus, he's the one that casts devils out. He's the one that sets the captive free. Oh, thanks be to God. Oh, there is a way that we ought to follow. There is a way of life. There's a way to be happy. Follow Jesus. There's a way to have peace. Follow Jesus. Oh, I know that's simple, but it's the truth. There's a way to have joy. 
Follow Jesus. There's a way to have victory. Follow Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Has God been good to you? Amen. Has he shown you that if you follow him, your ways will be blessed? Hallelujah. Well, let me just remind you of a good old apostolic quoted verse where Jeremiah said, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? Where is the good way? Walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Where's the good way? Where's the right way? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah today. Somebody say, Jesus is the way. He said this about the way. Matthew 7, 13 Matthew 7, 13, enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Just because there's a crowd going there doesn't mean it's the right way. Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it's the right way. Just because everybody's believing it doesn't mean it's the right way. Uh-huh. But because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. In another place he says, strive to enter in to that way. Strive to enter in that way. Isaiah 30 and 21, thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, I don't know where to go. Oh Lord, I don't know where to go, what to do, but he's the way. Lift your hands right now. Oh, praise God. Lift your hands and thank him for the way in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you for the way, Lord. Lord, I want to know your way. I want to know what is right. I want to know the direction in the name of Jesus. The psalmist said in 27 and 11, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. I want to know the right way. Science says this is the way. Medicine said this is the way. Uh, 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 the doctors say, this is the way. Hollywood says, this is the way. Politicians says, this is the way. The pagans today say, this is the way. Jesus said, Jesus said, I am the way. Then he said, I am the truth. I am the truth. What is truth? That's what Pontius Pilate asked Jesus. He said, what is truth? And turns around and walks away, not waiting for an answer. Consider with me just for a moment what the Greek words for true and truth are in the New Testament. The word true is something that is unconcealed, manifest, actual, true to fact. Denotes true in the sense of what is real, ideal, or genuine. The word truth in the Greek is a, a word very closely related that means objectively signifying the reality lying at the base of an appearance, the manifested, verifiable essence of matter. Truth, truth. 
It's not a subjective understanding of what I think it is. When the world says my truth and your truth, what they really are saying is my opinion and your opinion. And they can, they can hang on to their opinion, but their opinion won't mount to anything to get them where they need to be with God. But Jesus said, I am the truth. He doesn't just speak the truth. He is the truth. He sets up and describes what is reality. It is found in the word of God. Let me just tell you how to put an end to confusion of our world today. Right here. Right here. This is the reality. Let me just say the world has been through a whole lot over the, the, the time of man. And since this word has been uh, written, compiled, and, and, and put into the hands of people, it has not changed. The power of God is still the same in this book. And if we believe that Jesus is the way, then we're going to find what he has to say about truth in this book. Hallelujah. When Jesus arrive he was manifested in the flesh and he came full of grace and truth thank the Lord for truth John 8 31 Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him if you continue in my say it loud if you continue in my word then you are my disciples indeed and you shall know you shall know, that word know also means experience. You shall know, you shall experience the truth and is the truth that shall make you free. Praise be to God. If I know the way, I find direction. But if I know the truth, I have information. I don't just have information, but I have life. I have understanding. He is the way. Come on and give him praise in this house. Today, there's a move to conform to one's feeling rather than to truth. So truth then becomes relative. Don't like what the Bible says about heaven or hell? Then change it to match what you want. Yeah. Don't like what the Bible says about pain and suffering? Just change it to a more acceptable, palatable doctrine. Don't like what the truth has to say about holy and living holy? Just make up your own standard and do your own thing. Reconfigure the Bible to fit what you like and what you think. Don't like the biblical plan of salvation. Don't like the message of the blood, the cross, and the tomb. Well, let's just make one very interesting like it. Don't like what the Bible teaches about money. Well, I'll make up my own idea about money and how it works. Don't like what the Bible teaches about marriage and divorce? Well, you know, God understands. That's a good place to say amen right there. I said that's a good place to say amen. The writer of Proverbs says, buy the truth and sell it not. New Testament version of is, attach yourself to Jesus and don't let go. 
get a connection with him. Find out who he is and what he is and, and understand from scripture. Let me just tell you, you don't have to wait for your preacher. You don't have to wait for your pastor. You don't have to wait for a prophet. You don't have to wait for a priest to get into the word and say, Jesus, show me. Show me who you are. Lord, reveal yourself to me. Amen. Because there have been many people that this word has spoke to them in Revelation when they opened their heart. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am direction, I am information, and then I am fulfillment. He said, I'm the life, I am the fulfillment of you. The thief, John 10 and 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it, you might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That is life. When you are born again of the water and of the Spirit, you take on a new life. Amen. Living a good life is living the Jesus life. It's living in the way. It's living in the truth. And it's enjoying the abundance of life. Real life is not just accepting Jesus into your life as your personal Savior. It is more than simply inviting him to come along like a spare tire and be a part of your life and part of your agenda and part of your plans. But when we come to Jesus, we say, you are the life. You are my life. You're my world. You're my marriage. You're my home. You're my car. You're my life. You're my children. You're, you're my life, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's no time for a balance here. There's no time to have a little bit of the world and a little bit of church. I need all Jesus. I'm going to embrace him with everything that I've got. Come on and praise him today. Our life plan should place Jesus at the center and circumference of everything that we do. Jesus came and did he give his life? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Did Jesus die on the cross? Yes, he did. Did he suffer great agony so I can just play tiddlywinks with him? Or can I say, Jesus, I'm all in. You gave your all, I've got to give my all. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you a quick, just something to take home with you. You want to know how to live for God and it be easy? Just be all in. Every aspect of your life, from your wallet, to your relationships, to your decisions, to where you work, to your church attendance, Everything you do, just be all in with Jesus. And I will tell you, once you are all in for him, the things of this world that once drug you down will begin to pass by. The things of life will begin to fade from view because Jesus is now the one that I focus on. He came to give us abundant life, not just in the future, but now. Somebody say now. Yeah. Luke 1, 74, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness that we might serve him. Somebody say now. Yeah. 
serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. He's going to be with you all the days of your life. Amen. Peter, in his message at Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, quoted David when he said in verse 28, Thou hast made known to me the ways of of life. Amen. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Oh, praise be to God. There's abundant life not just waiting for you on the street of gold, but there is abundant life waiting for you right now. There is a joy that cannot be surpassed. There is a peace that cannot be overwhelmed. Amen. There is healing and deliverance, but most of all there is salvation right now. Sin gone. Washed away. Now, before you get super excited about that previous statement, let me tell you that there's also connection in following Jesus that is very important. In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I'm a dead man walking. I'm a dead man walking. Yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, this life right now, I live by the faith of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm a dead man from this world and from sin, but I'm alive in Christ. Hallelujah. How does that happen? Staying on the cross. Staying on the cross, as it were, being all in with Christ. Hallelujah. Then he said in verse 21, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteous cometh by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. He said, I don't want in any way to, to overlook and take advantage of grace and mercy. I'm going to stay with him. And he uses the picture, I'm nailed to him in the cross. Hallelujah. He's also the one that said, I'm buried with him in baptism. A life of abundant living is connected to to a cross and a daily denying of self. Jesus is the way. He's the direction. Jesus is the truth. He is the understanding and the knowledge. And he is the life. And that is fulfillment. Amen. You can't have fulfillment until you know the way. And you can't have fulfillment until you know the truth. So he says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. But pastors watching the news might be good to turn it off because they don't know where we're going. I, well, I, I saw somebody's post on Facebook and I'm all upset about it. What's going to happen? Well, chances are that might be even a lie. It's time to follow Jesus and put our face as a flint to him. And said, Jesus, you are the center and the circumference of my life. You are my focus. Mm, not my will, but your will. Jesus. To be like Jesus. That's what we ought to do. Because he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. You're not really living unless you're living for Jesus. Stay with me, please.
Lord, you put this in my spirit today to deliver your people. Somewhere somebody needs to know that they can have direction. They look confused, they feel confused, but Jesus, you're the way. There's somebody today that is, is walking in a troubled circumstance. Lord, you're the truth to roll back the clouds, to roll back the doubt and the fear. You're the truth. Oh, and there's somebody that needs life today. They need fulfillment. They're just so down and broken and bitter about the things that have happened or not happened in their life. Lord Jesus, you're the one that come to bring us abundant life, not just for now. The writer says, Lord, that you have given to us all things that pertain unto life and to godliness. You've equipped us with everything we need to, to live this life in victory, Lord, and holiness. We need you today. We need you today. Do you need the Lord? Church, do you need the Lord? Do you really feel that in your spirit? To know him as the way, the truth, and the life, this altar's open. I'm encouraging you to come in this area right here and pray. I'm encouraging you tonight to come and kneel. Come and humble yourself before the Lord. To come and say, Jesus, I submit to your way. I submit to your truth. I submit to your life. Come on, step out. Everyone that can, everyone that can, please come and let us, as Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the way. Oh, Lord, we've got to know you. And if we know you, we'll know the way. Oh, Lord, we don't know where you're going and what is happening around us. But, Lord, we know to follow you. I thank you, Lord. Your word said to believe you and trust you. So, Lord, we trust you that you are you're in control. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Come on and worship him in this house. Come on and praise him in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. You will know the truth. Hallelujah. Come on, fill on in. There's, there's some more room. Y'all come on over this way. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise God. There's plenty of room. Glory in the name of Jesus today. Lord, you are the truth. Hallelujah. You are the way. You are my life. Lord, I praise you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody made up your mind today you're going to live for the Lord? No matter what. No matter what happens to the economy, you're going to live for the Lord. No matter what happens, he's been too good to me. Hallelujah. He said he'd supply all of my need. Hallelujah. Somebody declare, he's the way. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.